0: Actually, I come from a Mayan family, so I started to work when I was a little kid, when I was seven years old. My parents used to say, you know, if you want to do something, if you want to make your dream real, you have to work hard. And I left them, and I went to work with different people in different uh, places in Guatemala. So I was working hard, and many people, you know, like, looking at me like, it's not that kids who used to pick up the trash, you know, the garbage, and, and people couldn't believe that I was that, that guy. You know, you can be poor economically, but if you are rich inside, you can do whatever you want. And my advice to your people, to you, you do it. Try it and that way you will see if you can or not, but you have to try.
1: I love story. Our lives are story. We engage through story. Now that I am doing American Real, I am able to help tell other people's stories, and there's an art to that. I want people to be inspired by the content, and it's not me, it's the guest. I want them to learn from the guest, as I'm learning from the guest. Once you start to see progress, um, to me, it's motivating and makes you want to work harder to get to the next piece. Now, you're pushing us to record episodes, so I had guests in and I'm learning the technology. And of course, we had many challenges and lots of resistance, but I don't know, you know, you just persevere because when you have a passion for something, you find a way to get it done. I think the biggest breakthrough, I would say after episode three, and the guests, you know, a couple of guests came up to me after saying, thank you for that interview, this was the best interview of my life. That's when I knew, okay, I'm on the right track, I need to keep doing this, I need to tell people stories. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there, don't be afraid to be vulnerable, because When you do it, you'll be surprised the response that you receive. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, join me in Podcast Your Passion. I'll take you through my eight-week course where I'll mentor you to build a world-class podcast. I'm only taking on a small group of people who want to share their passion through broadcasting where I'll have you up on iTunes and YouTube within weeks so you can podcast your passion. Click on the link below for more information. This week on American Real, we continue with our Millennial Series and welcome Diego Sherum. At a very young age, he had a burning desire to pursue his education. He eventually received a scholarship coming to the United States where he settled here in upstate New York studying English as a second language. Then, Diego took all of his knowledge and is helping to install water filtration systems in homes there so people could have clean and healthy water. He's also passing on his knowledge about education so others can prosper to get scholarships and broaden their horizons by going to either United States or other places in the world. So sit back, relax, you're gonna enjoy Diego Charum. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks, and today we continue with our Millennial Series, and my guest is Diego Shirum. Diego, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to share with you um, today.
1: Absolutely, and we uh, stumbled upon each other through uh, a mutual friend, Debbie Morello, who's also a guest uh, here in our studio. And I understand you spent a couple of years here in Upstate New York, right. Um, but if you can take us back, how did you how did you end up here uh, for the couple of years that you that you okay. were here?
0: Okay. Uh, first of all, I'm gonna start saying I'm uh, from a beautiful country that calls Guatemala. Uh, it's located in Central America. It's close to Mexico, and um, actually, I come from a Mayan family. So, I started to work when I was a little kid, when I was seven years old, or maybe seven and a half, seven and a half, between seven and seven and a half, and um, I started to do many things because we and my family didn't have a house, didn't have a place where to stay. I mean, we didn't have anything. so. My parents used to say, you know, if you want to do something, if you want to make your dream real, you have to work hard. And I left them, and I went to work with different people in different uh, places in Guatemala. And then, like, f- three years later, I realized that I, 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 I needed to study because I couldn't speak Spanish. And, um, and I started to work hard. And I started to wash dishes in different restaurants. I went to work with people who have a nice house, cleaning the toilet, and uh, building houses. And I did many things. And then uh, I grew up, you know, little by little. I went to school, paying my schools by myself, supporting my family and my siblings with meals, with money. And then um, I realized that uh, I was really good with school, so I said I should continue with that. And uh, many people came to me, you know, they wanted me to give up with my dreams. But something that I learned, if you're going to give up, you will never have a good future. So I was a little, but I think God gave me the wisdom, you know, say, I will keep working hard. And then I got to, Um, high school and then I got to college in Guatemala and um, after that um, I started to work with different uh, non-profit organizations Uh, because you know when I was a little we didn't get any help any support so what I wanted when I started to work with those nonprofit organizations is to help those people that they were having the same situation that I had before so I was working hard and many people, you know, like looking at me like, it's not that kids who used to pick up the trash, you know, the garbage. And and people couldn't believe that I was that, that guy. And they said, you know, how come? He's poor. He doesn't, he didn't have anything. How he get a degree? And they were, you know, like, Make me to make more strong. Show people that nothing is impossible. Um, you can, you know, you can be poor economically, but if you are rich inside, you can do whatever you want. Wow. You know, that's what I learned. People are telling me that I couldn't study, that I couldn't do anything because we didn't have anything
1: so what what inside of you triggered the confidence to be able to start to go after your dreams because as you mentioned earlier there were a lot of people along the way that maybe were negative or didn't think you could do it So so how old were you and when when did you when did you Did you always have this confidence
0: what did it take? Um, You know, I believe in God. I'm a Christian. When I was 11 years old, I was complaining about many things with God. God, why are you not allowing us to have a better life? I'm working hard. My family is working hard. And why are you leaving us? You know, I did that several times. I can say probably like almost a thousand times, complaining with God. In my praying, you know, like, God, if you say, God, why are you allowing us this situation? And one time I was crying like a baby when I was 11 years old. I was crying. and um, And I have seen people, you know, when they go to church, they fell down, and I say, well, who does that? Nobody touched them and they found them. And one time, it just felt something in my heart like, God, if you are real, show me something. Do something. Many people talked about you. Show me something. And there, where I started with, you know, like the, to strive myself to do what I wanted to, to, to do. One time I was in my room alone and I told God, God, if you are here, tell me something. I don't want a pastor or uh, somebody who can come to talk about you with me. Talk to me. I want to listen. I want to do what you want, you know, like me to do. And then it took like couple minutes, you know, I feel something behind me. Like a voice, and say, shh, I'm with you. I am with you. And anything you want to do, you will do, because I'm with you. Dream big, be strong, be patient, and I will take you wherever you want. And then, you know, I just feel like a hole that I can't explain to you. The hole that we receive from our parents, it's not the same. And I just feel cried the whole night. And there is where I realize that God exists. If you tell me right now that God is not here, let me tell you, God is with us. The Holy Spirit is with us today. And there is how I changed the way how I was dreaming. Because when I was a little kid, I wanted to do something right, to teach people that it doesn't matter where you were born. The matter is how you will, how do you want to end your life. You can you are poor, okay, but how do you want to finish, to end your life in this world? So that's what it makes me more strong. Dream a little bit more, be, be, be bigger, you know. And I'm just not thinking like, okay, I, I, I might do something a little. What people say that it's impossible, I can say it's possible. And that's how I started, you know, to grow my faith. And to dream, be, and that's why I'm here.
1: Phenomenal. So, you, when did you first come to the United States, and what was that for?
0: Um, I came here in two thousand and eleven in Binghamton, New York. That was your first stop. First stop, first time in the United States. Okay. Mm -hmm. Before that, I couldn't speak English. That's the big challenge that I, I mean, a big decision that I made before 2011. Uh, there was a program in Guatemala before, the USA program. So they were giving scholarship to the Guatemalans to come here in the States. And I remember one of my bosses called me and said, I can see something from you. I don't know what do you have. But I feel, and I, and I see, and I say, well, I'm just a simple guy. <laughs> and then she told me, you know what? Why you, should, why you don't try to get the scholarship in the States? And I just thought, I remember, I told her, you know what? Forget it. I tried with the local university in Guatemala, and I didn't, I didn't get the scholarship. I really wanted to learn English. But I didn't get, and I was complaining with God again, like God, why are you are not helping me? But thank God, this woman came to me, helped me to fill the form, so I came to the part of the embassy in Guatemala, the U.S. U.S. US embassy in Guatemala. I went there with the team, with the coordinator, so I kept my resume, my information. And I remember that when they are trying to to find students, we were like a 1,000 students. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to the office, they said, oh, just leave your profile and ask to the secretary, like, why do you have so many? And she said, well, you are one of them. And I just said, well, I don't know if I will get that scholarship. And it took us two years to follow the process doing in uh, kind of uh, community service for all oh, like a thousand hours of community service
1: so all these requirements exactly
0: mm-hmm. it took us two years, and at the beginning, we were more than a thousand students, and then little by little came down five hundred four hundred two hundred a hundred fifty. And At the end of the two years, uh, George Washington University selected nineteen Warmellon, and I was I was one of them Wow so and I came here and uh, a Broome Community College without knowing anything in English
1: all by yourself
0: with the host family okay but i couldn 't talk speak to English, them right. speak English and then I started here at BCC taking ESL classes, and little by little I improved my English, and then um, I started to take like a normal class with the local students, and there were, they killed me. People from New York speak very fast. Yes. The first time when one of my teachers, a business teacher, came to us and said, she was talking about homework. And the only thing, the only word that I understood was homework, and that's it, (laughs) the first three, four months when I came here. Wow. And that's how I get involved, you know, like to come here in in the United States. What
1: was your goal? What was your dream at that time to, obviously you wanted to learn the language, Mm -hmm. um, but what's your, what was your short-term goal? Was it getting a degree?
0: My short goal was um, the basic words to learn English and then get a business degree. But on behalf of the, those goals, I wanted to show my people from my community that nothing is impossible. That's was I mean, that was my main goal. Mm. Because in my community, if you, was, if you were born poor, they put many ideas in your head, and they tell you, you will die poor. You don't have money, you can't do anything. And my goal, I wanted to teach them, to show them that you can. You can. My my, My dad is a farmer, my mom is just like half the one that you have here in the 40, the 50, washing dishes, cooking at home. None of them have a chance, you know, to go to school. My dad can't treat my, I mean, they can't speak Spanish. They cannot read. But I wanted t- to show them, you can. The most important here, when I, before I came here, was to show them. That the most important thing is what you have inside, and you have in your mind, not your money. It's the power that you have inside of you.
1: And have you been able to make an impact on your community since that time? Uh, what is your like I know you're living there now. Right. Uh, what what uh, what are some of the things? What are some of your goals? that you're trying to do to to improve your community?
0: I can say, like in my community, before it was like 90% of the population in my community that didn't want to send their kids to school. Because for them it was impossible, 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 impossible. And then when they, I went back in 2013, I'm so skinny. But I got some weight here. And they said, he made it. He made it. That 80% that they couldn't study, right now they are studying. Yeah. I mean, I didn't change them with my word. I mean, I change them by my actions. And that is where I always tell people, let's stop talking. Just let's stop. Let's do more with our actions. Action is more important than your words. Mm -hmm. Because I see the difference of my people in my community right now, and most of them, believe me most of them are studying right there might be a couple families that they are not sending their kids to school but most of them they are studying right now hmm. and that is the first impact the second one because i'm a mayan i speak uh, one of the 23 mayan languages that we have in Guatemala. that's my first language what is it what's it called kiche okay kiche and can you talk about that what, what? oh yeah W- yes. For people that don't know, including okay. myself, I let's say if we want to say a good night. Yes. We say shok up. Shok. up. Exactly. Okay. So just to give you an idea, our our language is more, you know, like we use more over trap. Okay. Shakhir. <coughs> good afternoon. Moon. We say ik. That's how it sounds our language.
1: And if you if you're speaking in a sentence, do you speak in
0: sentences? Yes.
1: So how, how would a conversation happen? What would let
0: mm-hmm. Let's say I I'm going to say it in everything in Kichen and I want to explain. Um tek en nam ushimule What I say, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. My name is Diego, and I'm from Guatemala. That's awesome. That's what I say.
1: And that's one of
0: 23 Mayan languages. One of the 23 Mayan languages. And the official language is Spanish in Guatemala. So while I'm talking about the language, because it's really hard to learn the language in our country. Before, right now, it's getting better. We are getting, you know, support from other countries at the school. Like, um, there is one that called IGA, like an institution, like a national institution that teaches you English. It's, it's a really good one, but 10 years ago, it, was, it wasn't good. If you get access to that, you have to pay a lot of money. But I didn't have money. So the, the other impact that my community got from me is that if he, if, he, if he learned English, I can do it too. So that is another thing. that I didn't go to them and say, oh, you can do it. Maybe sometimes I did like, OK, never give up. You can do it. And that's what I tell anybody. If you are 20, if you are 25 years old, it doesn't matter. You can do it. If you have a dream, don't stop. Don't stop. Just keep working hard, and you will make it.
1: And how hard was it for you to learn the language? How much time did you put in?
0: Um, I'm still improving. but. I can say, I am like, two, just so you know, <laughs> you know, when uh, part of the program who gave us the scholarship, Georgetown University, who sent us here, one of the the, the rule, kind of a rule that we should mm-hmm. live with a family at least one year. The host family who can't speak Spanish. So I came with them. And it took me like three months, you know, just to learn a little bit. At least I can I could ask for food. It's most more important. If you don't feed your you know, yourself you die. (laughs) I started to learn that. And then I can give you an average, like during six months, I understood a little bit more what my teacher was saying with my host family, what the people, you know. The environment, the society from being anton, uh, the rules, how it works, uh, things here, six months, I can say it took me like six months and
1: how, but how much were you studying in that six months? Were you spending a lot of time reading and trying to learn or listening how, how did you or was it just being with
0: people and um, well the the, the program. Um, was working this way. You get here, and you start learning. Uh, listen, I mean the ESL, like listening and speaking, the grammar, grammar, and um, writing, reading and writing. Those classes that we took since we got here, and we started from eight to five from oh. BCC, All day. working. I just remember when we got here, because I have other um, uh, former students uh, from Mexico, from El Salvador, from Haiti, from Dominican Republic, from Colombia. So everybody was running because we wanted to learn, and we worked like almost like eight hours learning.
1: It was a lot of time,
0: a a lot of work, a lot of effort. Right.
1: What does it mean for you to be part of the, the Mayan civilization?
0: To me, you know, being part of the Mayan, it's just like being something unique, something that I have learned from a book from the Mayan that called Pop Wuch, which means like a sacred book for the Mayan. And being a a Mayan person, I always like to give you a hint if you need help with something. That's what basically the Mayan people have in that book. If you see somebody is hungry, feed them, feed that person. If you see that somebody doesn't have shoes, if you have two pair of shoes, share That's what the Mayan people did before. They didn't allow you if, let's say that we are running and you fall down. As a Mayan, I have to help you. Why? Because that's. How we are as a Maya, we help each other, and we are still doing that with our neighbor. If somebody is sick and she or he can't wash his clothes or her clothes, and I'm healthy, I can go in her in their house and I wash them. So that's how we, how the culture in Guatemala works. If tomorrow I will have Issues with my money or some economically situation, and you have the possibility to help me, you help me. That's you know like how Mayan people, and that's why I say like something unique, because um, nowadays people don't care about that anymore. Even sometimes families, your brother, your brother is rich, and you are you don't you know you are you are having a hard process in your life. Your brother might be gone, you know, like, okay, it's your business, it's not my business.
1: And is that something you observe in Guatemala, or here, or both?
0: In Guatemala. Okay. Mm -hmm. Part of our culture as a Maya, so that's what makes us something unique, Mm -hmm. I can say. Mm -hmm.
1: What did you think when you came to the States, um, in comparison to how you grew up with those core principles?
0: You know, it makes me sad in many areas of the lives here. You have TV. You have bus. You have water. You have electricity. You have many, I mean, there are many opportunities here. And many people here are not happy with that. Are not taking advantage of what you have here. In Guatemala, the rural area, no food, no jobs, no bus, no power, no water. If you want water, you have to go to the river, walk two hours, and bring your water in a bucket. We wish, believe me, Uh, I wish to bring my people in, you know, or your people, I mean, take it with me in Guatemala and show them how we live there. I have seen many youth in the United States complaining about shoes. They have a Nike one, a nice one. They want another one. They have a nice cell phone, an iPhone. They want more. That's what makes me sad. In our country, we don't have those things. And we are happy what we have. And my advice for the youth in the United States is this, if you have a laptop, if your parents are supporting you with school, if they are giving you a car, if they are feeding you, take advantage. Never complain about that. Because that's what I have seen. And that what when I realized like a years later when I was living here, like why they are complaining about this? They have everything. We don't. At home, we don't. You want to go to university? Oh, yeah. You, you want? Yes. But there is no university there. You want to travel? Oh, yes. OK, walk from here seven, six hours per day. So that's, you know, like, it makes me sad. And that's why I tell to the youth, be happy what you have. And take advantage what your parents are giving to you. Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: So I understand there was some civil war going on um, when your parents met, is that right? Yes. And, th- and they, they survived. Other families did not make it. Uh, what do you know about that? What can you tell us?
0: You know, that happened, in 19, it started in 1961 in Guatemala. And um, it's I think we will never finish this topic I think, but it's just you know started with a company from the United States, the banana company, between Guatemala with the, our government. So I think um, my people misunderstand something, and the government wanted to take advantage of that. So and they confuse our people. And they started to kill each other. That what happening in Warana. And um, I'm living. W- I am living in one of the community that was affected. I can say, like between the first or second, you know, like uh, town that was affected. My parents, they were little and between 1980s, 1970s, so the soldier got to the community and they started to kill everyone, everyone. I couldn't meet my grandpa, my grandma, because the soldier killed them, but even my parents don't know where they brought them, they were put them, nobody knows. My dad and my mom, thank God, they escaped. They went through the hills. How old were they? My mom was 11. My dad was uh, 14 years old.
1: And they escaped together or separately? They escaped
0: together with other kids. With other kids. Wow. And there we did start the story when people were asking, like, the age of my parents, like, okay. How many kids do you have, like eight, 10, 12? Because they got married early. And that was happened with them, you know, they hang, they started to hang out together when they were like 11 and 13. And um, they didn't have any choices to come back to the tower. where they, s- they couldn't see how the other people killed, got killed. But uh, some other people um, said that the women were pregnant. The soldier took a knife, they could right here, they took the baby, they smashed. You know, it's something that, you know, our government doesn't like to talk about it. And that's what they did with the pregnant women. They did worse thing than that. But just to give you an idea about the silver worm in Guatemala. And many people, they escaped. Many people are living in Mexico nowadays, and they don't know anybody in Guatemala because they lost their relatives there. So it started in that year, and it ended in 1996 in Guatemala, the silver worm.
1: So it was very brave of your parents to do what they did. Yes. Um, but I guess at that point, it's all about survival. Exactly. And if they were with a group
0: of kids, they probably said, let's, we have no choice, let's go. Exactly. Most of the, the kids, they got killed, they got born. Who wants to stay there?
1: So let's talk now about the entrepreneur in you. Mm-hmm it sounds like you've had some ideas brewing from a very young age (laughs) and you wanted to make things happen and um, you're doing things now that i'd love to learn more about Mm -hmm. um i know very little but i understand it has to do with uh,
0: helping to
1: uh, filter the waters right and can you can you explain
0: about that yes um i'm working for a company that's called tiba water it's a company, a water filter company. How do spell it? T A B A W A T E R. Okay. It's from Tennessee. The okay. owners of that company are from Tennessee. Okay. And um, what they do is to make the water filters here in the United States, in Michigan, and they ship it to Guatemala. And I help them sometimes to make the connection kind of a business. But, at the same time, what I like from these companies is that they help other people too who don 't have access to the clean water because there are some people that they are just drinking the water from, i mean the, from the rain they don 't have money to bo- to buy firewood to boil the water, so pure water is giving them a water filter some people I, I, I admire your people they are some people from the States they have a really wonderful heart and say I'm sending 25 water filters to 25 families. Mm -hmm. So I'm the one who has to find the family who really need the water filter and give them the water, filter, explain to them how it works. But at the same time um, I'm helping Tiva Water to make connections between the non-profit organizations and some small companies you to help us to help more people Mm -hmm. and uh, come from manager or administrator position that I'm having with them but I'm not working in the States I'm working in in Guatemala and actually TOR is not working just in Guatemala It's also working in Uganda Mm. and uh, right now it's little by little we are hopefully this year we can be in other countries that's great that's what I'm doing
1: and are all these systems uh, donated by this company
0: uh, let's say 50 50 yeah they sell 50 and they donate 50 percent of the products that they send there. and are you responsible for
1: finding both the families that are willing to pay and those that will be donated to yes okay correct and is this in your community alone or or is it a greater outreach
0: at the beginning I started in my community and then, right now, I'm, uh, we are working all over Guatemala, and north, east, west, and south of Guatemala.
1: And how does it work? I mean, are, is this, how many systems are, are coming over on a regular basis?
0: A year, let's say, around 1,000 water filters. 1,000? 1,000. One
1: mm. And what is the goal? Is the goal to increase that? And do you have a lot of demand?
0: That's what, that is our goal, you know, to help more people. But uh, s- the budget, sometimes it's the issues because we don't find people who sponsor more families. Like a couple weeks ago, I don't know if you heard about the volcano in Guatemala. Yes. So the volcano erupted and it makes it disappear like an entire community. Hmm. And there are many families who lost everything. So right now, personal, I mean, in my goal like, is, how, is to think how we can help them. How, I mean, I wish we can find people who will sponsor them and take the water filters there and give it to them. Because they lost everything, sure. house, land, furniture, and other families too.
1: And where do the sponsors come from?
0: From the states.
1: Mainly the states, Yes, okay. especially
0: from some church, mm-hmm. like Tennessee, mm-hmm. I can, there's a church that's called Powell, United Methodist Church, so okay. I sponsored some water filters.
1: And is this a full-time position for you?
0: It's a part-time job. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And how else are you spending your time?
0: A week, I spend like three days, uh, yeah, three days a week, working for tea water. And also, um, I I am an accountant. I have a degree as an accountant. So I'm just having like um, my personal office, like kind of a service office. So people who have business, I'm the one who tell them what to do about the taxes, when they have to pay, and how is the best way to do it. That's That's what I'm doing. Yes. And sometimes people, they come to me from my community, like, can you help me with my English? Of course. That's why I started. That's what I do. And, you know, from my church, um, I I am one of the leaders of my church, so we help people. We try, you know, to help them spiritually, but also if they are hungry, we try to help them in different ways.
1: What are your long-term
0: goals? My long-term goals, um, well is to have like a non-profit organization and give scholarship to the kids. Because I know that they will have a a better future. If I didn't, that's okay, But I want them to have a better life than I'm having right now. Give scholarship to them. That's my main goal. Is that
1: something you want to do where you're living
0: in Guatemala? I wish I can start next week.
1: Yeah. Because
0: there are many kids that they have skills. They are smart. Sure. Sadly, they don't have the resources to go to school. So that's my goal for my community right now. And what's your community action plan? Um, when I came to the United States, um, my community action plan was to build one school. One. I was very negative. But since I work for different nonprofit organizations, after I left Binghamton, of the knowledge that I got here, because I learned many things from your country, from your people, they opened my mind. They opened my eyes. When I got there, I started to think a little bit more different because of what I learned here in the United States and being at BCC. I went there. It took me around five years to build seventeen schools.
1: Wow. What does that mean?
0: What did you? What did you? What is? it means that not me but i gave the idea to those people who make the dreams real to change like 2000 lives yeah i was thinking to change 50 lives
1: and where do you see that going is that do you want to continue to expand that?
0: Building school maybe I I I will stop. Because I realize that the government should do that. And thank God we have other nonprofit organizations that are building. So in my opinion, right now is to focus on scholarship how we can take those kids those youth to grow
1: give them access to two
0: colleges exactly here in the states or around the world and my goal is this if you have a very quality of education you can change five more lives if she has a good education, that person can make difference. I cannot do it by myself. But that's what I want to put on them like a seed. Give you the seed, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Put more seeds. You change five lives, okay, those five people can change ten more people. That's how it works our work but sometimes we are not able, or we, are, we don't want to see it in that mm-hmm. way. But Di- that's my goal. That's wonderful.
1: Diego, can you talk a little bit more about the school itself? So what, when you say built 17 schools, what mm-hmm. does that mean? From the ground up, a new school, school was built?
0: Y- yes, I mean, it- we go to the community, mm-hmm. They don't have a building. They just riding on the dirt, on a rock, or something like that. And I wasn't happy with that. Our government does. I'm not, and I wasn't, and I won't. Do you want to see your kids learning in that way? No way. Wait a moment. It's a human, you know? So with that, seeing that situation, because I have that life sitting on the floor where actually it's not the floor, it's just between plants and grass and trees and the mosquitoes and then you are getting thirsty and I wish my, some of the local, local government can have that experience, but they never had that and I'm sure they won't. So that, you know, that make me sad before, like, they should have a chair and learn as a human being. And there where I started with that mm-hmm. building. And thank to your people. You have my respect. Your people, they supported us in different way. They trust in us. And thank to you, because we have those schools there, the buildings. The kids are happy, playing around. That I couldn't see that before. But now, having that, it changed their lives. So what I, what I, I have it before, like an experience, they are not having that anymore. Okay. And that's what I wanted before for them.
1: And is this in 17 communities where? Where, where, where are these schools?
0: It mostly it's like uh, center of Guatemala. Yeah, in part north of Guatemala, northeast. Okay. That is where I'm working because Guatemala... Uh, has a 16 million population, 16, not 16, 16, 16. and 80 um, percent of the population are Mayan. Wow. 80 percent. 80 percent. So where we, where I have been working, it has been mostly with the Mayan people. Of course, I'm not taking out the other culture, but I'm, you know, working with them. But I have been working most with the the Mayan people. I can mention over there we don't call states. We call departments. Departments of Quiche, departments of Solola, departments of Huehuetenango, and part of San Marcos. That's where I have been working so far, the p- poorest community.
1: And how long did it take to put up these 17
0: schools? Uh, five years, almost six years, because I left here in 2013. The last one was at the beginning of this year that we finished the building. Not a huge building, two or three rooms, but—
1: That's okay. It's a start.
0: It's how we can start. That's right. Yes.
1: Well, congratulations. That's remarkable. There's not too many people that can say in this world that they help build schools one, let alone one, but 17. That's phenomenal. Like you said, giving thousands of of children uh, an opportunity. Right. And hopefully the next step is to generate more scholarships, so they have the same opportunity you did.
0: Exactly. I hope. And I'm trying myself you know, to tell them. And that's what I'm saying at the beginning. To your people, never give up, never. Many people will be coming, and they will tell you, really, that is your dream? And you tell them yes, and they tell you, you can't do that because they never tried. That's the problem. Right. That's the problem. They have never done, and they tell you that you can't because they can't. And my advice to your people, to you, you do it. try it, and that way you will see if you can or not, but you have to try it
1: So what do you feel inside where Where does this passion and compassion come from? I know you talked about your faith
0: right, but But it makes me strong, why I'm doing this, just because of Jesus. If he gave, he gave his life on the cross, nobody can do it. As a human being. But at least I say, if he did that for me, It's impossible for me to help other people, to be patient, you know, for their dreams. No. If Jesus did that, why well, I'm not, I'm not giving my life, I mean, for them, but I'm giving them a hand. And that's what, it makes the difference inside of me. I'm your friend. Okay. If I will tell you Look, they will crucify you. You might say, you, you might live right now, I'm sure. Why? Because the love that Jesus had is very different than we have. And I want to understand by doing this. And that way, it makes me, nothing can stop me, and nobody can stop me for my personal dreams and for my family's dreams for my friends' dreams. No. If Jesus did that on the cross, He gave His life. Why am I not doing this? That's what I have here. Why?
1: What's your outlook on the world? Do you feel good about the direction of the world? Are you concerned? How do you feel?
0: I'm worried. I'm worried because our presidents, sadly, I'm not talking about just your president. I'm not talking about just my presidents. The entire world, they are taking care about them, not about our country. I'm sad about that and I'm worried. Our president should serve us, not us. They're making business, they're making agreements, um, because they are seeing their things.
1: But you don't feel they're putting the people first?
0: Exactly. They put themselves for us. The issues here is the economic. That's what I ha- I'm not. I'm. I don't hate politics. It's important to have it. But sadly, they do everything because of the money. If I hope someday. God will help us to change that and take care about each other. You hate this country? No, have peace. let's make peace. That's how we should be. But they don't do that, and I, I say, I'm worried like how it's going to look over our world in ten years. With the water, many pollution, warm warm and warm
1: that was my next question is where do you see yourself in ten years
0: I you know I wish to see my entire community helping other people not because of me it just want to be in a place that I can see them, that their life life changed. And being an example to them how we can help other people. I mean, in 10 years, I want to be somebody who's saying, he did it. I want to do that too. And I always tell my family, my friends, Please, I don't want you to reach the same goals that I reached already. I want you to go for more. I'm not a selfish person, but I tell that to them. And I tell you, if I reach something like this, okay, go for like double than that. That's what I wa- I mean, want to see my myself in, in ten years, like being a good example to them.
1: Well, look, this has been a very enlightening conversation. Um, I think you're well beyond your years. You taught me a lot of things today, and uh, I thank you for being here. Uh, One last question before I let you go. And you're young, so you have a lot of time left, but if you think about 30, 40, 50 years ahead, Mm -hmm. What do you want your legacy to be?
0: The leg- legacy? Your
1: legacy. What do you want your whole life to mean?
0: Wow. <laughs> I have to think of. it well. well You know I just I just wanted you know to to live like a hope on to my community to the people that know me and have a better life before we didn't have anything, no house, nothing. But I would like to have a place to stay, be happy, have a family. You know, family who can teach other people how to help each other. I mean, I'm not going to say I will have business and, you know, I want to teach people how to live their lives. Because sometimes we miss that. We give. Values of things, and we don't keep values to our family. So I want you know, like maybe not to say I'm gonna leave this to no, but I want to teach them that as a lesson in their lives that they should keep doing that. You have a family, share time with them. Yes, it's very important to work, but sadly, you know. Today you are working hard. You give ten dollars to your son and you have no idea what he will do with the ten dollars. If you will spend time with your family, it's a different thing. You are giving your kids a better future. Why? Because you are spending time. And that's what I want, you know, to leave it to the people. Because my mom, you know, I I would like to share that maybe I cannot explain very well in English, but there is a um, a phrase in Spanish that it says, like, um, you want to leave something to, to your kid? Keep time. Keep time. Make time. Because what happens if you're not given time, and then later you want to spend time, and you can't do it anymore. You have to know how to live with the time. Not the time makes you to live. You have to live with the time. People forget about it. They think that we will be living here for centuries. No. Short. Short. And that's my last advice to anybody, be happy what you have, be happy. We are human, we have issues every day, but let's be happy what we have. Tomorrow is another day, tomorrow will be different. We have to be strong, and that's my advice, let's be happy. Our problems are not really bad like other people. And that's my advice to anybody, be happy with what you have. And let's be happy. Let's enjoy our lives, because we will be here for a short time. And then after that, Diego won't be here anymore. But that's that's my advice. Let's be
1: happy. Diego Shirum, Got it. Thank you for being here, thank you for spending time and, and your insight and inspiration, and we wish you all the best of luck and let's stay in touch, you're now part of the American Real family.
0: Thank you so much, it's a bless for me to share time with you, to your people, and um, I hope in 10 years I will be here and we will talk how we, how we have, what we have done.
1: That would be phenomenal. And
0: I'm very happy, and thank you for giving me. It's an honor for me to be here, to be in your program, and um, I wish you the best. And I'm sure there are more stories that are coming to help us to make this world better, a better world, a better life for our people. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much.